Welcome to No Refunds. We are a podcast that deals with eh, pop culture and whatever the hell we want to talk about. Um, my name is Dwight. I'm Alex. This is, a, this is part of the introduction. Is you got to oh, introduce yourself. And I'm Tiffany. Okay. Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you want me to talk about? <laughs> no, that's good. Okay, bye. That's good. Um, yeah, so Dwight just left the room. He is abstaining from this podcast because we just saw a movie. Um, and we're going to talk about it later. And Dwight did not go see this movie because he had to work today. Uh, but now that I know what I'm doing, do you want to talk about what you've been doing? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah? Uh, yeah? Um, so we recorded a podcast two weeks ago. So in the last two weeks, um, I've taken upon myself to watch as many episodes of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as humanly possible. And I don't know if you're aware, but each season, the, the original show, there's three seasons. And yeah. each season is like 50 episodes. It's insane. So the, it's insanely long. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it all in two, we- in two weeks. So I did as much as I could. And I finished the second season this morning. I don't remember there being that many episodes. There are so many I don't episodes. remember that. Like that when you, like when I went back, when we started watching it, I think la- we watched it last year, maybe on Netflix. Um, and I'm like, I... I remember all of these things happening, but I don't remember all of these episodes. But I guess they aired it every single day, and it was a new episode every day for it, whatever. It's just, it's absolutely insane what they did. Like, watching this as an adult now, because I, <laughs> I haven't watched it since I was a kid, since I originally watched it. So watching it with adult eyes now, like, I see so much <laughs> that I didn't see before. Like, such, like, yeah. ham-fisted campy dialogue and it's it's so funny that it's good like and it brings back such a nostalgic value for me because like i watched these episodes where i very vividly remember this episode because i rem- i yeah, owned yeah. i owned like one power rangers vhs growing up and it had four episodes and when i got to those four episodes i remembered every single thing that happened in each episode i, I think you were talking about about it the other night like the the pig monster yeah thing the, the food the, fight the one food, um what was the other one food fight was... um the carnival one the one where um calamity kimberly the one where kim gets sucked into the the bottle <laughs> and and then the one with one. the the toad the one that eats the power rangers and then when they get eaten they show up <laughs> on his stomach and then kim has to shoot it in the head to get it to release okay. all the other power rangers um yeah so Power Rangers. So I, I was watching it to try and, you know, mm-hmm. get prepared for the movie that we saw tonight. <gasps> we did. I know. We're going to talk about We're that later. About notes. Um, so I, I watched 110 episodes of Power Rangers and I have no regrets. <laughs> it was, it was so much fun. It like watching it as an adult like made me notice all these weird things and want to go online and look things up yeah. and like learning about the production of the show was so cool because like you, you probably know this. It, it, yeah. it, it came from what's called super Sentai, yep. which is yeah. a Japanese show. This was, 
the 16th season was called Zayu Ranger. <laughs> and that's what they adapted into the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yep, and they yep. used so much footage from Super Sentai. I didn't realize the, that. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize it until I'm watching. Like, they mm-hmm. use so much. Probably two thirds of every episode yeah. is just stock yeah. footage from Japan. It's so awesome. they the production like costs of the show must have been dirt cheap because they had like two sets. Yeah, yeah, the two sets. <laughs> the gym, the 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 snack bar, right. and then the school. And, yeah, like that's and, it. And that's all they needed. Or maybe outside. Yeah, m- maybe like some park. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's insane looking at that and like because they had to use the footage the way they did. Some of the storyline story <laughs> plots didn't make s- quite so much sense but when you go and look back like everything going on with the green ranger to me didn't make sense watching it the second time around and then yeah. i'm like why doesn't this make sense so then i went back and read about what happens in super sentai and that then started to make sense to me i don't think i've ever rewatched the green ranger stuff as an adult so, so that i'm like so to... it's actually really interesting so okay. in super sentai or let me talk about Power Rangers. So in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the Green Ranger, Tommy. Tommy Oliver. So he, um, when, once he joins the team, he never morphs with the team. Whenever, like, whenever there's a bad guy, the team goes out and then they'll be fighting and then they'll be like, oh, we need Tommy. And, and, then, and then Zordon will call Tommy and he'll be like in a garden or that's like right. in a park and he'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go. So then he goes. And I always was like, why doesn't he just morph with them? Never made sense to me as an adult. As a kid, I was just like, uh, and I had this conversation with Dwight, yeah. who who had the same thought as me. I just thought, Tommy's too powerful. <laughs> he's like, he's so powerful that he'd just beat that guy on his own. Like they, yeah, they, yeah. So he's doing something else. He's bombing around somewhere but, else. But when you go back to huh. Super Sentai, because that's where every time they are morphed and in their their Power it's, Ranger costumes, that's Super show. Sentai. Yep, yep, so yep. when you go to Super Sentai, it tells you why they did that. Because the Green Ranger, who lived in like the sanctuary, mm-hmm. whenever he left the sanctuary, he, there was a candle that would burn whenever he was outside of the sanctuary. And when the candle fully burned oh. out, he died. So that's why he couldn't be there like the whole time because they were like we need to try and we beat just... this monster without him or else we're gonna kill the green we ranger save his power right huh so um, even... spoiler alert the green ranger ends up dying in in, becomes... in super sentai no he oh, just he dies oh. so they they brought the green candle the candle thing came into mighty Morphin power yes. Rangers, and he ended up just losing his powers in... and, be- and then so that when he became the white ranger is no that, or no they ended like, up my timelines all messed they up. ended up like finagling it so zordon gave tommy power but like not enough that he could use it too frequently then he ended up losing it and then he became the white ranger oh my god i remember that white ranger like like a big oh yeah um but like i never realized all that stuff as a kid and seeing it now it's so cool I'm, i'm just like this is fascinating from a production standpoint. Like, yeah, it's a crappy kid show with super campy acting mm-hmm. and like plot lines that don't make a lick of sense, but it's so entertaining. I just love like what again watching it as an adult and you're doing the whatever's happening and they morph and then we're like, okay, so we're in this little quiet little California town and then all of a sudden we're just in this empty city yeah. with nothing happening oh, yeah. and everything's gray. Yeah, whenever, and whenever the quality it's like, changes, I'm oh. like, it's just. 
when whenever so. the Zords are fighting a giant monster, you're just like, where did they go? What where? Where? Why? What is happening? It's just it's just it's so it's so weird. But the production, like clearly, the first season was a hit with kids and mm-hmm. and like oh god, I sold, watched it every day. Sold huge merchandise every because day. the second season, everything goes. It, it's notched mm-hmm. up in mm-hmm. production value. It's so much better. I yeah. the second season is so good. Like I'm gonna have to go revisit it because ob- I haven't. Objectively speaking, like there's <laughs> there's some crap in the second season. Like there was contract disputes with three of the mm-hmm. Rangers. Which so is, yep. so they yep. ended up leaving. But the characters they they wanted to give them like a send off. So they did this really crappy oh, like. God had people wear the Power Rangers suits and pretend to be them and then dub it over with like really crappy voice actors that I sound nothing like that. them. It's so bad. Like they were they gave them like excuses like for leaving they were doing Oh yeah, they sent they sent them somewhere. to a world peace conference. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, it's right, bad. Right. So that's um, what I've been doing. I also last week saw uh, not last week, like 2 days ago, oh. saw this movie called Life. You mean Alien? Yeah, basically Alien. Um Starring Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal and Rebecca Ferguson, I think that's her I name. I don't know who that is. It like I, just I expected it, I expected it to be like a really crappy mm-hmm. alien knockoff, but it was. Eh, I'm not gonna. It was better than what I expected. Like I expected it to be a crappy alien knockoff. Um, the alien, his name's Calvin. They name him Calvin <gasps> in the movie. Calvin is terrifying. Like. So they actually, it's like an actual alien alien? Yeah. It's alien. It's really weird. Like, Calvin is absolutely terrifying. I think he's actually scarier when he's in his smaller form than huh. when he's in his larger form. His Some of form. the death scenes, like, made me, like, genuinely unsettled. Like, I was just, like, shaking in my chair, really? like, freaking out. Overall, it's pretty generic. Um, well, that's but when like, I saw the trailer. I was like, this is But, like, weird. some of the death scenes really, like, got to me. And I was just like, whoa. What was the what was the term you used? Or Jen used? Um, butt clenching? Butt clenching. Yeah. <laughs> butt clenchingly terrifying. Um, and there, that... there were, like, certain scenes that got me. But overall, eh, it's an okay movie. I, I gave it, like, a 6 out of 10. And, like, yeah, that's I didn't good. feel like I wasted my time. I didn't feel like there was anything... Um, from a movie standpoint, anything particularly like original or well, cool about it? Yeah, uh, but o- overall, I thought it was fine. Like, I don't know. I feel like those. There's only so many alien in space things trapped yeah. on a spaceship with scientists. I, I just feel like that. That there's there's not well, too many ways to make that different other than doing weird, crazy death scenes. So the 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 main thing that I liked about it is it was less about. Um, them being on the ship mm-hmm. with this alien and more about how to stop that alien from getting to earth. Like they came to terms with the fact that they were going to die pretty early okay. Okay. and it was just mostly about them trying to figure out how to stop this yeah. thing from getting to earth. Um, hmm. And I like, honestly, yeah. I left there feeling pretty, pretty okay. Pretty, pretty satisfied. There's, you know, there's a cat. Not an amazing movie. Not a terrible movie. Well, that's good. I don't, Mm-hmm. I don't know what I've been doing. Um, Hanging around waiting for this podcast. Yeah, whoop, whoop. yeah. Hanging out with my cat. Yeah, you have a cat? So, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies in the last like three weeks. You've seen... More than usual. I can tell you you've seen two movies in the last like exact week, yeah. week exactly. Yeah. 
Um, it's pretty exciting. So right? you want to talk about one? Yeah, because I really haven't been doing too much, like other than working and doing that whole thing. I don't have anything new. This is what happens when we record podcasts too frequ- close together. Frequently. Yeah, I don't have any. I hobbies. like it. I like it. I did some homeowner stuff and. You own stuff. a home? Yeah. Am I in it? Yeah. Clean some stuff out of my pipes. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. That's very exciting. <laughs> we should talk <laughs> but, more about but that. Like, that's what I've been doing. So I think we should get into these discussions that so, I've been so anxiously waiting to talk so about. So as <gasps> listeners of the podcast might know, yeah, yeah. last week we talked about, or last week, last podcast, last, podcast, last episode, we talked about our expectations <gasps> for Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Um, yes. So we we both saw it. We did. Let's um, let's get into this. Okay. What What do you think of the movie? You're gonna like make me go first. I'm gonna make you All go right. first. So, uh, okay. Well, to rehash my my initial, you know, worries about the movie. So I went into this movie with zero, and I'm saying zero expectations, bottom of the barrel. Like I'm going to see this because I feel like I have to, um, and. The, the first, the first like third of that movie for me, I like rolled my eyes so many times. I'm like, oh, this is going to, oh God, here it is. Yep. This is, this is going to blow. Um, it just felt cheesy and weird. And I still don't like Emma Watson. That's a whole nother thing. But I found myself like maybe halfway through when they started introducing some like backstory stuff and I'm like sitting in the theater sobbing and I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm supposed to hate this movie. And then they get to the ballroom. Well, no, the turning point for me was be our guest. Yeah. Like flat. I was like, all right. Okay. 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 And then we get backstory and then we get the ballroom and I'm like, I'm dead. Bawling my eyes out. There's a cat on me. Get off. Get off cat. Be gone with you. Just, uh, I would give it a solid b plus yeah b plus like just when we talked last time you said b minus so b minus to be in a in a b range range. okay Um, but only if anything for just the feelings that it was able to evoke like i was just emotional just because of what the the cg settings made me feel yeah yeah and it was not even I mean, some of the sets were sets, but it was just like being in that place and having it be physically there. It was just like very overwhelmingly. Yeah. Just it was weird. Very visceral is, was, is the yeah, word I would it use. It was like, so weird. The moment they first showed like Beast Castle and they do the zoom in mm-hmm. and like you get mm-hmm. to see it all. I, I was like, that's when I, that's for me when I signed on. And I was much. That was me. much earlier than when you signed on. <laughs> but like yeah. that for me, I was just like, this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. This is like. I, I had higher, slightly higher expectations than you. Not high expectations. Oh, um, yeah. And I thought the sets were, were very well done. They were I, I thought it was awesome. The production value, overall production value of this movie was, was A+. Plus. You like, know, some of the CG for me didn't work. Like the full shots of the Beast didn't work for me. And they didn't okay. use them too often. Um, and they were always kind of far away. So that, that was fine. Um, and some of the, like the Cogsworth and Lumiere stuff, it was like, see, eh, I thought Cogsworth okay. and Lumiere, I, I actually, they were fine. I actually thought all of the household items were well, were like really well designed and animated except for Mrs. Potts. I thought Mrs. Yeah. Potts was the sloppiest, like most lackluster animation I've ever yeah, seen. It was just, just like a face. It was a, like a, a poorly, poorly done face on the side of a teapot, like that 
<laughs> oh, it it looked so ugly. I I hated yeah, hated it. That was weird. And the other thing, there was one the one of the shots when they're outside and they're on the bridge and they're talking about something. They're talking about something they've read, and it's like I don't know if it was before something there. I think it was right before. And they're like sitting in this. It's winter time and all this stuff, and like nothing's moving. There's like yep. one tree moving, and I'm like. Fix your friggin' CG, man. Like you look like you're standing in front of a green screen. Yeah. Like it just there was some of that stuff that didn't that didn't do it, but like the end, like the the battle, you know, oh, with yeah. Gaston and stuff, like, all of that stuff was really, really well done. I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say you weren't so sold on the beast's CG. Because just, just I thought the full screen stuff. So the full even, body even stuff. Even the full body stuff, like I thought the beast CG mm-hmm. I was worried about Beast CG and I thought it was awesome. I loved the look. The the face the face was, the really face good. was like Clearly, the mocap on that was like really mm-hmm. well done because Dan, Dan Stevens, I'm gonna argue, he did a great job as the Beast. Like his facial expressions really showed yep, through yep. there, and he did a phenomenal job. I was a little worried about his voice because I, in terms of like doing the Beast, gra- like making his yeah. voice growly, because knowing the actor, I've seen him in a few other things. What else has he been in? He was in this movie called The Guest. Um, few years yeah. ago uh, which is like a horror-ish movie mm-hmm. i think it's a blumhouse movie um and then he's in legion which i talked about uh, last podcast okay. okay so um i've seen him in a few things i like him in everything i've seen i was a little worried about his growl he he was he, he was, nailed it he nailed it like nailed the voice it. of the beast was perfect the, his facial expressions were perfect i thought he was yeah one of my favorite things about the movie. And then he transformed and I was like, oh, you're so ugly. Please yeah, go back but to being that's the Beast. How I, that's how I feel about Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I know, the, the, I the, the, the animated way. one. Like, the Beast was always, to me, like, one of the least attractive yeah. princes. Like, I was like, why would... I want a Prince Eric. I don't want... Yeah. I don't want the Beast. Like... No, you want the Beast. You don't want the Prince Adam that he transforms into. Right, right. Like, but oh, I want okay. I want him to transform into, like, Eric. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't I want the dude from Little Mermaid? He's gorgeous. <laughs> Come on. That's a whole nother conversation. Oh, okay. Um, well, speaking of semi-gay thoughts. <laughs> cats. This is what happens when you do a podcast in your home. And uh, you guys can't see that, but literally the cat just jumped up on Alex's back. That was terrifying. <laughs> That's what he does. He's a terrifying beast. Kill okay. the beast. So what were we um, talking about? Well, speaking of gay thoughts, you mean Prince Eric. Oh. The whole LeFou, which that Josh was, Gad was amazing. I thought Josh Gad was fine. I love Josh Gad. I think yeah. Josh Gad was great. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree oh, with you here. Interesting. Okay. I thought... I thought he was awesome. I thought there were... There were points in the movie mm-hmm. where I thought he was phenomenal, and I thought he played it perfectly. Like, there were some parts mm-hmm. where I was like, that is the perfect LeFou. But I felt like, um, more often than not, he was overplaying the part. And it... Mm. it Going in and out of it like that, like he'd have like one line of dialogue where I was like, that's perfect. And then yeah, the next yeah. line immediately after it, he'd be like overplaying it and overacting. And I was just like, no, I don't like that. And so overall for me, he was just eh. like, hmm. I can't think of anyone who could have done it better than he did. Yeah, but overall, point. it left me wanting. Huh. I thought he was. And actually, you know, now that you say that, I, I do see that. And, and I kind of had that problem with with some of the dialogue in general for the whole thing like some of the things yep. when they tried to replicate lines like the whole um exchange where Belle goes to the, the the castle and she's you know 
giving her life in exchange for her, for her father's and it was just it felt rushed and things and i was like just write, rewrite the dialogue make right. it like just some of it just seemed like they were not overacting but like trying to be like we have to make sure we have these lines in here we have yeah. to make sure we do this well i there was one thing that in the movie that made me think that like hard like there was one scene where i was like they're just um, trying to mimic the animated movie and this is this makes no sense it shouldn't be here this is awful what is it and it's the hill scene oh, at the end or the the bell tacit like yeah. where she yeah. where she walks out of the town and then she's on a hill like eight miles away from town and you can see the town in the background like like tiny like mm-hmm. she did you just watched her walk out of the gate of the town and then she's on this hill yep. just to sing the bell reprise that we all know and love that's my favorite part of like, that song we, we all love it we all know it we all remember her <sighs> spinning on the hill like that's behind her house like mm-hmm. that and that's what they were going for and i'm like i'm like this doesn't make any sense this is kind of ugly like why mm-hmm. did you feel the need to do this yeah and yeah. that was just them forcing trying to make the scene exactly the same as it was in the original. And I felt like every time they did that, mm-hmm. they did it a few times throughout the movie was some of my least favorite stuff. In the I want to 100% agree with that. Like the stuff where they, except for the ballroom scene, actually it wasn't even the, the, it was that space. Like the dress was, I'm like going all in and out of streaming consciousness right now. Yeah. But like the dress was meh. The beast was awesome. Yeah, I thought the beast's um, like the, his get suit. up. His suit was gorgeous in the ballroom Dress, scene. Eh. The, but just that space, like that was the one scene that I was like, yes, this is it. But the stuff that, or or I love the beast, like all the stuff that I loved was the beast stuff, like his layer and the yep. throat and all of that stuff. But yeah, those scenes where they tried to recreate, you right. know, all of that. I'm like, eh. and the stuff that was so good and the stuff that really, I'm like afraid this cat's going to jump on me. The stuff that I loved the most was the the backstory and you know right. all the stuff that they added. I, I loved it. Everything that sobbing. They, I thought everything that they added, mm-hmm. except for one one thing, Ooh. bothered me. But I think the backstory for Belle, the backstory mm-hmm. for Beast, mm-hmm. the everything that they showed for that, it really enhanced um, the relationship and sh- actually kind of showed why they fall in yes. love and why they started to mm-hmm. how they started to understand each other mm-hmm. and see how this person became the person that they are and then fall in love with them. I think um, that is one of the only things that this thing did like far superior to the animated movie. The animated movie just felt like, Oh, these two people need to fall in love Mm -hmm. at the end. So they're going to Mm -hmm. this, the the one that uh, the live action one was really perfect. They actually wanted to do a character arcs and show who these people are and show them fall in love. And I thought it was done perfectly. I thought it was really, really great. My heart, like when they, he pulls out the map and he's like, Wendy, where do you want to go? I'm like, he's going to, she's going to go to Paris. She's going to see her mom. I'm like already crying before the scene even starts. And like, that's the stuff that I'm, I was hoping for. And I wanted more of that from this movie. But the only problem I had with that and like, (laughs) like I liked that they tried to do the backstory and show them in Paris. The only thing I had an issue with is like, everything that they did with the enchantress where like that book that book didn't yeah. make sense to me yeah, why, where did they, they, where did come why did the enchantress leave you with a book so you can go anywhere in the world was well, <laughs> like i understand that they're trying to explain it as the enchantress wanted to show me that i can't go anywhere because everyone yeah. will hate yeah. me for her the way i look but that seems like a really stupid thing for her to do like it didn't make yeah. sense to me huh. it was just 
it was really shoehorned in there just to make it so that they could go to Paris and show mm-hmm. um, Belle finding out about what wow. happened to her mom. Um, that didn't work for me. The Enchantress, like, healing Maurice and then showing up at the house yeah. at the end. And yeah. none of that worked. Like, having the Enchantress be a character in the movie, like, to me was really dumb. I, I liked... The opening mm-hmm. scene where they did that really, really, oh, yeah, that really great. weird party with really the makeup. weird party. The makeup. I thought Dan Stevens looked awesome. He was great. Um, he looked creepy and upsetting, and I think that's what they were going for. And then the enchantress was great. She cursed him. That's all she should have done. That's that that's should have been it. the last of her. Um, it's actually really funny because I'm reading. I started reading that book I bought that was like about the beast like it's beauty and the beast but it's from the beast perspective yeah. and they added some other stuff in there so it's not an enchantress there's like these like three sisters that follow him around like That's weird. for the whole time he's in the castle so i'm like what weird is so it's very similar to the enchantress thing just you know hanging out it's like yeah. dude i don't know so get out of my story like yeah. you don't need to be there you serve no other purpose other than that beginning right. scene that's all you need done bye yeah i agree like, she's uh, the one at the end that comes with the, you know, she collects the rope. I'm like, no, that's not how it happened. That doesn't um, make sense. Why would you be there? What else is there? Um, uh, what, what did you think of the new songs? I'm trying to think. You know what? I was really scared of the songs because the music is kind of what makes Beauty and the Beast a thing. Right. Um, And I liked that a lot of the songs were, they were fine, but they were short. They weren't trying to be like the next Tales of this Time, you know, right. kind of thing. And I loved the Beast song. Oh, you loved I, it? I did. Okay. <laughs> and it's because it was kind of cheesy, but it kind of, it, it, for me, it fit with kind of some of the other stuff. And it's like, you don't get a Beast song. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm on board with it. And Josh Groban sings it on the soundtrack. So. See, <laughs> see, that's my issue. I, <laughs> I, I went in knowing nothing about the mm-hmm, new songs. Mm-hmm. And I didn't listen to them. So I, I didn't, I didn't them. listen to them. I didn't know anything about them. When I heard the Beast song, after the movie, I turned to my friends and I was like, that song sounded like it was written for Josh Groban. And then over the credits, it starts playing and it's sung by Josh Groban. Josh and Groban. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't like either. There were two new songs that I remember. Something about Sun and then the, the, the um, Beast song. And I didn't like either of them. Mostly because, and this might be mm-hmm. my knowledge coming in the Broadway musical has better songs that fit the same purpose. And I don't know why they didn't just take those songs and put them in the place. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why they had to write these kind of like crappy beauty and the beast songs. Like Mm -hmm. they sound like they belong in beauty and the beast kind of, but like a crappy version. Hmm. So I actually have never heard the other Broadway musical songs, so I'd have to go and, and listen to those to kind of yeah, do yourself I'm a favor. I'm actually kind of shocked that I haven't listened to those. Do yourself a favor, mm-hmm. listen to the Broadway musical. It's amazing. My favorite Beauty yeah. and the Beast song is from the Broadway musical. It's um. Please don't say human again, or I'm going to slap you nope, across this table. Nope. It's well, that's not from the Broadway musical. It's in the Broadway musical, but it's from the original animation. I know. But it's a garbage song. I love that song. I hate that song. Um, my favorite song is "Me." It, it's Me. Gaston sings it when he's asking Belle to marry him. It's perfect. Fits the character. Awesome. It. It's my favorite Beauty and the Beast song. Um, yeah. You know, overall. Yeah. I. But they weren't bad. But uh, Gaston, 
His Luke, costume it was the best. Luke Evans. He rocked it. Looked at the part. Yeah. Acted the part. Perfect. And I couldn't believe he sa- he had the pipes to sing yeah. that part. Like, Perfect. he sang it perfectly. I was worried because I know Luke Evans from other movies. Mm-hmm. I, and I was like, yeah, he can play a pompous mm-hmm. ass. Can I say ass? Yeah, you can say ass. Uh, he can play a pompous ass. Like, he, he can mm-hmm. do the part. I'm, I'm, I have complete and utter faith in him to do that. But I was worried that he wouldn't be able to sing it. And he did perfectly. Like, when he started singing in Bell at the beginning, I was yeah. sold. I was like, this is perfect. He, and he was yeah. my favorite part of that movie. It's just the costumes and the look and, your, like, just everything. Everything about that was, like, that. Yep. That, to me, was just the most brilliant casting, the brilliant, oh, yeah. ca- like, just everything. And I, <sighs> I've heard people saying that Josh Gad stole every scene he was in. No. I think Luke Evans Mm-mm. stole every scene he was in. He was... 10 times better than Josh Gad, in my opinion. I think mm. he was absolutely perfect and nailed it. 100% nailed it. And the it. thing that I think was better about the the live action as opposed to the animated, like Luke Evans was able to kind of give that whole the man is the monster type yeah. thing. You know, it, like he yep. was really able to sell that for me that, ooh, yeah. like he's the evil one. He's the, because, you know, Gaston's kind of in the, in the animated movie. He kind of really is just there to be the bad person. You right. don't really ever get... Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, he's a bad guy. But, like, for some reason, seeing that live and seeing those facial expressions, and it was just that whole attitude, that whole air about him, it was mm-hmm. like, all right, yeah, you're you're an evil son of a gun. I also loved that they gave him a bit of a backstory mm-hmm. to explain mm-hmm. why everyone in the town respects him so much. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the animated one, he's just, he's just like a hunter that's really yeah. pretty. And, like, it doesn't make much sense why everyone is like so Mm -hmm. immediately on his side all the time and in this one they try to like set up the backstory in like two lines of dialogue too where they're just like oh he's a decorated war hero everyone respects him because he did great things for our country like Mm -hmm. that that there just Mm -hmm. immediately set up so when everyone takes his side when they're talking in the the tavern scene about how crazy maurice is like i immediately understood why everyone was on his side so i i liked that characterization and it didn't take like huge scenes it was like a couple lines of dialogue all right we probably should talk about other stuff other than this Um, do you want to talk can i talk about emma watson and how underwhelming she was i really want to hear somebody else's thought on that while the cat destroys everything that i love do do you want to get him down (laughs) i'm gonna go deal with him hold on pause (laughs) Are those the Iron Man headphones? These are not the Iron Man headphones. Oh. They're just pink ones. Okay. Um, okay so, okay. Emma Watson. Emma Watson. So you thought she was oh, underwhelming. God. You know, she wasn't terrible and her she, the singing wasn't as bad as I thought, but just, she just, I wasn't sold. I still wasn't. She was, the think, the weakest part of that movie for me, and that's really unfortunate. Mm. See, I, I think there were weaker parts of the movie. I can't believe mm. we haven't talked about them yet because <laughs> they, they enrage me to my core. Um, Emma Watson, I thought was fine. I thought all of her acting scenes where she actually got a chance mm-hmm. to do something like when she was, you know, in Paris learning about her mother, yeah, when she yeah. was just one-on-one with the beast, I thought she did great. Yeah. I thought when she had something to work with, she did a great job. Um, I thought when she was singing, 
it was clearly auto-tuned mm-hmm. and i don't know why because parts of the song didn't sound auto-tuned yeah. and you were like oh she can sing fine like in a yeah. world where i've heard pierce brosnan sing <laughs> sing sing songs by abba like <laughs> i don't know why anyone has to auto-tune at anyone at this point like pierce brosnan is bottom of the barrel i've heard the worst everyone's heard it like let me hear Emma Watson take a Just stab sing. at these songs yeah. because I think she could do a pretty good job. I thought her acting was fine. I thought she did the best that she could with the scenes that mm-hmm. were, were there for her. I just don't think they focused too much on the character um, outside of what happened to her um, in the past. Like what, yeah, that's what true. They, I feel like they focused on the new stuff mm-hmm. that they were adding and less about like what happened to her at the beginning in the town like setting her up as a character in the town to me they did add one scene which i loved with her trying to teach a girl how, to, like how to learn or how to how read, to read. <laughs> learn how to learn learn I how did to like that. learn how to read and i loved that i mm-hmm. thought that was perfect but like once whenever it got back to the usual beauty and the beast it was just fine maybe that was my issue is that just i felt like it's like a weird, a weird place to be in where I'm like, I want her to be more like the animated Belle and then at the same time want her to be completely different. I don't right. like I kind of went back and forth with that and I'm still kind of See, struggling I, with that. I felt like Emma Watson wanted her to be a different mm-hmm. Belle and every time she was being that different Belle, she did great. Yeah. Um, and they pulled and, and almost like they were like, no, you can't do this. Yeah. I, I thought she was fine. I, I, think, she was I fine. think she was far from the worst thing about this movie because the worst thing about this movie was Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson really? was god-awful. That accent she was doing <laughs> sounded like... Okay, whew, I'm trying to think of a tasteful way to say oh, this geez. that we can keep it on the podcast. <laughs> it sounded like uh, a cockney person got hit by a bus and like had mild brain damage. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this cuz I that did not she, jump out as me as she, as that. Like the best way to describe huh. it to me would probably be she sounded like a posh cockney person. Which those two things don't go together. Those two no. things don't make sense because I feel like she was trying to do an Angela Lansbury accent uh, and it just didn't work. True. I thought her Every line of dialogue I heard her deliver, I just cringed at the accent. And huh. I just, I hated her song, singing Beauty and the Beast. Hated it. Like, every time she was on this, the screen, I wanted to pick up that the friggin' and teapot just... and just smash it on the ground. And just watch her die. Huh. Um, I did not feel I, the same way about I that. I also strongly disliked <laughs> Ewan McGregor's accent. Oh, God, not, that was awful. I didn't hate it as much as Emma Thompson, oh, but I hated it. I thought His was terrible. Terrible. I thought his his poor French accent. And I'm coming from a guy who's <laughs> who grew up listening to Gary Orbach do a, like a terrible French accent. Gary Orbach's French accent is not good. But it's, it's the one just know and love. it's just campy enough yeah. to work for me. Ewan McGregor's accent oh, was awful. Was... If he had just done his own accent, I would have been fine. Like I've yeah. li- I've li- <laughs> I've listened to this guy sing in Moulin Rouge. And oh my god, he's amazing in He's Mulan an amazing Rouge. singer. He's fantastic. He's an amazing singer. He's wonderful. Listening to him, him, listening to him sing Be Our Guest made me want to like commit seppuku. I wanted to throw myself off a bridge. <laughs> listening to him sing that that song like ruined my like, childhood and my life. It was awful. See, I got sucked into the Be Our Guest stuff, but I do I loved that whole 
all of the animation and that was great but any of the parts where he was speaking i was like what yeah hello we are going to win the castle yeah, ah, it was just weird that being said ian mckellen totally saved everything that happened with Ewan McGregor. Ewan McKellen was perfect as Cogsworth. And at the end, when he gets turned back, he's like, please turn me back. He's like, please turn me back. Please. Oh, that was perfect. I, yeah, he was really good. Like Ewan McGregor and Emma Thompson. I hated them. I, but it didn't ruin the movie for me. Like I thought it was a fine movie. I thought it was a good adaptation. Yeah. I liked what they did to change it and make it its own. Mm -hmm. Like at the end, I felt like there was a, there was a reason that they made this movie yep. and they made it clear. Agreed. Like they made it clear that they wanted to focus on the relationship of the beast and, and bell and they did it and they did it well. And they kept in the mm-hmm. songs that everyone knows and loves because they knew there would have been a riot if they didn't. Oh God. Yeah. I would have rioted. I was actually glad they, they left in my favorite song from the movie, which is the mob song because I was afraid they'd <laughs> remove it because it's like one of the lesser ones. That was in, one of the best scenes it, in that movie it was, it was and really that's good. that's why i i was so yeah. glad they left it in and um i think we've touched on everything about so. that movie i think that was, was a pretty good. pretty good yeah. so we, we both feel similarly yeah. solid b would, b i'd watch it again yeah and I, i'd probably I'm, cry again. i think i'm going to see it again on wednesday with my co-worker oh well have so fun doing that i will i don't know if i'd pay to see it i'm again. not paying okay that's then. why <laughs> Because I have two free passes to go to AMC, so that's where, why oh, we're going. Yeah. Um, and her husband won't take her to see it because he doesn't want to see it. So I was like, I'll see it again if I don't have to pay. I have a husband. Yeah. I miss him. He's in the other room. What's you, his name? Um, Dwight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just want to trick me into saying his name? Yes. Um, I wonder how he feels about it. Yeah. Maybe we'll know. find out someday. Maybe we will. So... The next thing we should talk about. Can we talk about Power Rangers? We're going to talk about Power Rangers. Oh, we please, just, we please. went and saw Power Rangers the, like, this evening. Like less than two hours ago. Like, I mean, it started like four hours ago. I know, but it finished, you know. Like two hours ago. Roughly two hours ago. Yeah. So it's very fresh. And we, so, Alex drove me, picked me up and drove me to the movie and then drove me home. So I was very, very anxiously not speaking to him <laughs> for the car ride and taking notes in my phone because I just want to talk about some stuff. Yeah, because we we made that mistake last week with, or with two KSI. weeks ago with Kongskull Island, KSITM. KSITM. Um, Dwight would be so happy that we did that. Who's Dwight? Um, he's your husband. Oh. So, um, we went and saw Power Rangers. We did which, see Power Rangers. Which I we talked about the original show mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. podcast. So, mm-hmm. do you want to start on this one or should I? Uh, you know what? Take the reins on this one. Okay. Because I have my notes and I will fill in. So. As someone who loved the show growing up, I watched it a lot as a kid. Um, like every day, I was so excited to watch it. Uh, yes. Um, that the, Power Rangers are the reason that I did karate, like for like twelve years of my life. Like nice. that was the reason I, um, so I could do that. So, so as someone who loved the, the mm-hmm. show growing up, I had low expectations for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like all the trailers I had seen for it looked stupid and campy mm-hmm. and awful, and I was not excited for it. That being said, I really wanted to see it oh, yeah. just because I loved Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I felt about the um, 2014 Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, like, yeah. Dwight yeah, and I yeah. went and saw it <laughs> yeah. together because we both loved Ninja Turtles, but neither of us thought the movie was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And we walked out of that movie and we thought it was god awful yep. and hated every minute of it. 
Not every minute. We had some, some moments, a few things, to, were few bad. positive things to <laughs> yeah. say about it, but very few. I did not see that movie, and I so, feel very lucky that I so didn't see it. So that being said, oh come on, just tell me. I liked this movie. Okay. I thought, I thought that. Okay, how do I phrase this? I think it was a poorly made movie that I loved watching. I think the script for it was really well done. Mm-hmm. I think the characterization, the fact that they focused on characters and making these actual people instead of just karate people that are running around punching stuff. Like, oh, I, I liked that about the script. Mm-hmm. I liked what they did because they took the characters that we know, yep, but yep. made them something slightly different. Like making Zordon a, a Power Ranger mm-hmm. was cool to me. And making Rita a Power Ranger was mm-hmm. cool to me. Like having that backstory made things make a little more sense to me. Um, I thought the action choreography at the end of the movie oh, was yeah. awesome. Watching them fight the putties, the putties, which looked so cool. I thought watching them fight the putties was cool. Watching them fight Goldar was awesome. The last, like, 20 minutes of this movie is perfect. Mm-hmm. I feel like my biggest complaint is that the movie was a little too long. It it yeah. dilly-dallied a little too long in the first er, in the second act. I thought the first yeah. act was actually well well put together in from a story standpoint. Where it really lost me was cinematography. I thought it was oh, really... Thank God. It was really shaky, yeah. really... Um, they were trying to do cool things with like when Jason's driving away from the cops at the beginning, yeah, doing that 360 spin. like three times. I was like, just do shot counter shot. Like, don't yeah. don't do this cool 360. Just shot counter shot. Show me the front. That was, show me the back. That was like, entirely out of focus. Yeah, it, that, that was that was stupid to me. And like they did a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I liked it when they did something weird like that was when they go from the transition from them going into the pool and then coming out of the yeah. pool, doing that, um, rotation like of the camera down. like that was, was good. Yeah. Every other time they did it was bad. Like that's literally the first thing on my list. Cinematography was poop. Yeah. I, I don't, terrible. I don't think it was a well shot movie. No. I think it was about as well shot as Moonlight. You're gonna hear me say you're gonna hear me say bad things about Moonlight all year, so get ready for it. I think I think the cinematography on this was about as good as the cinematography on Moonlight. It it tried to do cool things, but did it crappily. You know, you know what the thing that drove me crazy was not all. I mean, I hate shaky cam stuff. Use a tripod, like God. But it was the weird, the weird low angles. Not just this low angle, the low angle, like the weird low canted angle yep. of like people opening doors and stuff. I'm like, what, what, what is that telling me about any, that, has, yeah. that serves no purpose. Yeah. It, like you said, trying to be cool. It almost seemed like somebody like, like I did stuff like that in like film school. Where you're like, yeah. Oh, I learned how to make my, make my tripod crooked and do a, you know, a weird funky angle. I'm going to do this. Like just because you know how to do it doesn't mean it, serves a purpose and like those types of shots usually are to foreshadow something or to you know make somebody look weaker or stronger whatever it might be like specific shots do specific things and when you just make do them to be cool they don't add anything and they're just obnoxious right they're jarring i I agree i i you will never hear me say something positive about the cinematography in this movie but you will hear me say a lot of positive things about this movie Sorry to say. No, and and don't be sorry because I, it's, 
the last I agree with you the last 20 minutes like I was waiting I actually checked my watch at one point I'm like are we ever gonna see freaking Power Rangers in this movie like don't get like I'll get you know I'll get to my little hot take on the the, the backstory stuff but I'm like I want to see Power Rangers I want to see them in the suits and stuff and like this is the type of movie that I would say like I would definitely see a sequel to this movie oh yeah the sequel is gonna be awesome uh, this, there's going to be a sequel there's gonna have to be um but I would see a sequel to this movie because yep. everything's already established and I just want to s- see all of that stuff in motion. That, yeah. Like you kind of got a taste of and I'm like, that's what I've been waiting for for this whole time. <sighs> see, th- that's where we differ. Like I was happy that they didn't because, mm-hmm. you know, coming from just watching the show, like the first episode, they just throw them in the suits and throw them at a monster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know anything about these characters. They're like, you know, really not non-characters that I don't care about and yeah, yeah. I just want to watch them punch stuff, punch stuff cuz you know Cause I'm a kid cuz you're 10 yeah yeah but like this time around I really enjoyed that I got to learn about each character mm-hmm. like like them for what mm-hmm. they are or you know dislike them I don't think I disliked any of them but like I liked them for who they were I thought they were cool that they characterized them made them different unique yeah. like each a unique person and then focused on them coming together as a team and being a whole. And I thought that was awesome. The campfire scene where they all like decide that they're looking at each other and they're like, okay, we need to get to know each other and like be a team. That scene was great. I thought that scene was perfect. Really well done. Other than Kimberly abstaining from her telling her secret and then her secret is like super lame high school drama. Well, it's super lame high school drama, but when you're in high school, that's that's a big deal. It's just some of those scenes, like that scene in particular, I was like, this can't, this is not your motivation for, you're like, really? Like this is, this is, this is the worst thing you've ever done. And this is, this is it. That's it. Well, that's how that's what's going to make you feel like you're a terrible person and you can't connect with these other people. I, I but it I don't think weird. I don't think and and in that scene where she confesses to yeah. Jason what she's done, Jason makes the proper point and it's like yeah. she's yeah, no, she's true. been holding herself back because she thinks doing one terrible thing makes her mm-hmm. a terrible person, but he makes the point that, you know, just cuz you've done one terrible thing doesn't make you a terrible person and that's, you know, them bonding and becoming closer and then it leads to them becoming Power Rangers. I thought that that entire buildup was so cool. I I, yeah, I felt like, and I, I had the same thought where I was like, are we eventually going to see them in Power Rangers costumes? And we do. And we do for 20 glorious minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, and, but I feel like the payoff was so satisfying because of the buildup that they gave us. I, I felt the yeah. same way about 2014's Godzilla. God, mm-hmm. Like Godzilla's in it for maybe 10 minutes at the very end. But the build up to it and what they set up made it so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, and I'm looking at my notes that I wrote in the car. So, so I love, I also really liked the backstory stuff and I loved the idea of them not being friends and kind of coming together. Oh yeah. And some, some parts of that felt really like, Oh, we're just in the same place at the same time. And it was fine, but I do I do like that. Like I love Billy's character was my favorite. Billy was amazing. It was my favorite, favorite character because they, they developed them, they added yep. all of his stuff. He had, you know, he, his... they they explained his eccentricities. Yes. Like he was really weird in the original show and I was like, it doesn't make yeah, sense because yeah. they, they were just like, Oh, he's a nerd. But they explained his eccentricities in this in such a unique yeah. and and 
great way. Like the the actor that played him, I don't know his name. I don't know yeah, any of their names. I don't know what um, the actor that played him did such a great job and like nuanced job of playing somebody on the spectrum. Because mm-hmm. like I know I I don't know if I know anyone still, but like I knew a lot of people on the spectrum mm-hmm. in high school, mm-hmm. and like he did a perfect job of like he nailed it. It made everything he did make sense to yeah. me. Like that character was so well put that, together. He was my favorite character, and then and then there were part, like I loved the backstory, but then at times I felt like they didn't like they focused on like Jason, Kimberly, and Billy at the beginning, and yep. then like it was like oh Trini and Trini and uh, Zach are just kind of hanging out, and they did eventually get to them, but yeah. I wanted more from yeah. them because you only get that one scene with Trini in her house where like her you it's very clear like she's the rebellious child, and her parents are kind of like you know, trying to make her clean cut or whatever they are. And I'm like, I want a little bit more of that. Like, yeah. you know, oh, you're the new kid in school. I'm like, why? Why are you? Like, what, yeah. what is up with that? Or, I agree. I, I feel like Trini got sidelined. Yeah. And like, that surprises me because yeah. they made such a big deal before this movie came out about how Trini's the first um, openly gay superhero. Like, they made a big deal about that. <laughs> and and I then I didn't get that a, vibe a, at a, all. I didn't get the vibe. Like, there's one offhand line mm-hmm. of dialogue that didn't really feel um, natural to me. It yeah. felt it felt really weird and didn't make sense. Um, that alludes to it, but, but that's it. But it's not open. It doesn't make sense. Maybe in the second movie it'll Maybe be more clear. But in this movie, it like for the hubbub that they made, just mm-hmm. like they made about uh, about Gaston or Gaston Lafou being gay. Like this, yeah. they made a hubbub about it, and then it was un- basically nothing. Yeah. Um, and the same, I felt the same with Zach's character too. Like there was some really good stuff there, but it's like it, you don't really get until the end that like oh he's taking care of his mom and the thing and, and like they didn't. I I wanted like a, just just a little bit more, not a lot, just See, a little. A I little thought bit. I thought Zach was good. I liked Zach. I thought he was. I thought he was well done. I thought everything that with his mom is well explained, well shown, and. I don't think you could do much more with that character in this movie. Like, yeah. as a setup movie, um, you know, maybe was... you, that's all you needed yeah. to understand the character, understand where he's coming from, and how he fits into the group, and then maybe mm-hmm. develop it a little more in a second or third, oh, I hope so, movie. Yeah. And I loved the whole Jason thing, like the fallen athlete, yep. you know, like that whole thing, and he, you know, messes up his knee, and he's, you know, in trouble with the law and yeah. all of that stuff and it's like now he's you know he's lost all his, his scholarships and now he has that chance to to become part of a team yeah. and lead a team and do that whole thing again and and he has and to step like, up and become yep, the leader yep, and, and yep, that yep, that yep, was yep, very well yep, done i liked that i i i loved this movie <sighs> like the more i talk about it the more i loved it you know the more that i'm talking about it the more the things that i thought were were weak about it um are kind of like going away the thing that i didn't that i wanted more of was more of that lure like you get a little at the beginning like with the fallen ranger stuff and that was great but like in the in the show and in in the original movie you get like oh the pterodactyl you know you get all the you know the zords and you explain what they are and like there's this whole big thing in the movie with like you are the frog and this is you know you know what i mean and it was just like here are your suits here are your zords and i'm like well yeah i I would have liked some sort of some sort of like they become because in this they just become the rangers mm-hmm. that they pick up the the coins for. Yeah, I would have liked some sort of like the coin picked you yeah. because of 
this attribute. I yeah, would have yeah. I would have liked to see that, but at the same time, That's... I'm not upset that they didn't do it. Like yeah, um, I I kind of liked the idea that the Rangers and the power behind them isn't super like. It's not like Alpha and Zordon knew everything. Like yeah. uh, to me, I don't think that they knew that a Megazord was possible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when when they find out, when they figure out and become the Megazord, like the I liked up. I liked that mm-hmm. that that happened organically mm-hmm. instead of having like Alpha come over and be like, "Oh, you guys need to go Megazord like they do in the show." Yeah. Like yeah. use your Megazord power. And I also, this is just a nitpick from like somebody who loved the show i loved that the separate cockpits were in different places instead of putting cool. instead of putting all five of them together together How would that even work? like i liked that they were in separate places i liked that they, they controlled control. different mm-hmm. parts of the body mm-hmm. and having them face plant yep. not to spoil yep. it for anyone i don't know if you can, i think that was in the trailer having them face plant was so was good. perfect because it it totally told you exactly you need to work as a team to do that oh it was well and the other thing too thinking about them getting their powers like yeah they had the coins and stuff but they didn't they had to earn that ability to morph and run the zords like yeah they got super strength and whatever but they still had to train right they still had to learn to fight they still had to learn so it was like yeah they weren't like chosen but it wasn't like they gave these got these coins and were like yeah we're power you know we're superheroes like they had to earn it yep which was kind of a cool, a cool thing. I, I, I feel like the reason I love this movie is because mm-hmm. it did the show, but in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah. There's so yep. little similarity between these shows or between these properties, other than the fact that they're the same characters, yeah, like the same names, names, and, yeah. and the yeah. same like the suits and like the zords are the same like animals but like overall they strayed so far away and made it better like they yeah. they gave everyone backstory they the, to me they made all these changes for mm-hmm. the better mm-hmm. and just improved upon something that was like a cheesy kids show and made it something yeah cool and unique they and gave it fun some, they gave it some depth yeah they, they really to, did yeah. they uh, who would have ever thought that we would be saying the words that like the power rangers movie has a lot of depth and again i'm still not like it was a slow start for me and i was like oh and i found you know i was like oh come on come on and then like my hot take was that i didn't enjoy it and now the more i'm talking about it i'm like okay all right no 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 that needs to happen and i think when when subsequent movies come out i think i'll enjoy this movie more as part of like yep. a trilogy i, I could because it's, it's i could totally see that like yeah the, the setup is necessary for whatever's gonna happen mm-hmm. in the second movie mm-hmm. like i can't wait to see what they do with rita because i don't think she's gone i no. don't i don't think she's I gone i love elizabeth elizabeth banks but i didn't i wasn't <sighs> i rita was it was weird well i i liked it because rita's like the this movie is not about its villain and it never no, it never tries yeah. to be mm-hmm. and it never gives you the illusion that it's trying mm-hmm. to be oh, it, yeah. it's it's, a side, it's side Rita's thing. there they explain why she's there mm-hmm. which is great i love that they're giving the rangers a reason to be in this nothing town in the middle of nowhere like angel grove is important because it's got the, it's got the whatever crystal, the crystals called the zeo crystal zeo crystal so the angel grove is important because it's got the zeo crystal done 
This explains why the Rangers have to be there. Mm-hmm. It explains why Rita's always trying to attack the town. Yep. So, yep. like, they yep. never have to leave. It's it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It, it's such, like, a tiny thing that makes it all make sense. And having, like, the command center underground and hidden makes so much sen- more sense than just <laughs> having this having this gigantic building on the top of the hill that no one ever, like, tries to go into. Why? Do, why? <laughs> I don't know. But... That, that's why. I love this movie because they changed it so much from what I'm familiar mm-hmm. with, but kept enough of it to make me, like, giddy and, like, remember my childhood and be like, oh, my God, this is my childhood made better. Yeah, I, I do like the things they fixed. I do like most of it, and I don't know. I'm just trying to think of my other notes that I had here. Oh, oh, the music. <laughs> The go-go Power Rangers? Because that's what I was just going to try to think about. Okay. We have, it's morphin' time, and then we have, like, five minutes later, just, like, a random go-go Power Rangers thing, and I'm like, what? What? So, the the it's morphin' time, I thought was great. Was fine. I laughed. Yeah, it works. It's great. You need it. So, the fan service bits, to me, were mostly great. Like, it's morphin' time, great. Rita Repulsa saying, um... Let my monster grow. Yep. Great. Yep. Bill Hader um, and his Bill, I, 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 I. Bill, Bill I Hader Bill saying I, I, I. Great. Yeah. Um, all those things to me were great. The one thing I didn't like was the Go Go Power Rangers sting, which like it plays mm-hmm. over them riding their Zords out for the which first time. Which is the same which, shot. It's the exact same <laughs> shot and it's gorgeous and it's and awesome. And it made me so happy. But just that shot. We didn't need Yeah, that. we didn't need the sting over or it. Or, or it, it should have just played the music, the not music, with the lyrics. Yeah, or that, some some other updated version of of that. But other than that, I thought the, other than some, sometimes there was, there was points where the music sounded very Stranger Things-like. Yeah. Um, but I thought the music was, the use of the music was great. The, the songs and I love... The um, the, the Goldar, you know, they're fighting Goldar, and they have that the Kanye West song, yep. "Power." And I was like, "All right, this is cool. This is yeah. cool." Um, I hate that fits in the tantrum song hand clap, but I thought that was cool for their like training montage. Yeah. I thought that worked. I thought it worked really well. I don't like that song at all, and I was like, oh, "Okay, this is cool. All right, I'm in." But like the 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 um, the themes and like the whatever yeah. their score and stuff, I thought was really good. Yeah, and, I and thought I thought the music really was great, and it didn't have you know there was none. It was great because it was different. It didn't have that like. Dee, 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 yeah. dee, dee. Oh man, the the but music in yeah. the show. The show music in the show is so ta- great. Takes such a bad turn. I have the album. Aaron the, Aaron Ra- or Aaron Waters and the Mighty Raw or whatever it is. At the end of season one, <laughs> so they bad. start doing like songs where it's like, "Go White Ranger, go." And, I have that album, and I'm just like, I can't do this. It's this amazing. is this is so bad. It's like just take this this stupid dialoguey music out and and just do music like he's ugh. going to save the day or whatever they say like it's just all weird talk singing like <laughs> so good so good but the music in this was great um i liked the end credits where they had so, so the soundtrack from the original power rangers movie is like one of my favorite soundtracks of all time yep. only because i used to listen to it and i used to roller skate in my basement nice to that entire album, like, uh oh, we're in trouble, and, yeah. and the um, uh, they get Red the, Hot Chili Peppers yep. is that higher ground? Yep, um, higher ground. Um, what's what else? What's the um? Okay. When I just watched it today. The town. 
Oh, free ride. Yeah. When they're rollerblading. Come on yeah. and take a free ride. All of, all of that. The whole soundtrack is great. So I loved the little callback to that album where they have like I got the power, and at yep. the end of this, and they did like a remix. I thought that was really cool. I, I can't <laughs> believe how much I liked this movie. I don't think I, I liked it as much as you. But honestly, gonna be perfectly honest okay. here, and this might be okay. this might be a hot take. Okay, whole hot take. I liked this more than Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> ooh. 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 <sighs> See, <laughs> this is difficult for me because I don't... I would watch Beauty and the Beast again. Yep. I would not watch this movie again unless there was a sequel to watch after it. Okay. And like I said before, I think this movie would... would it would grow fonder in my heart. I would have fonder thoughts of it as yeah. as part of, as a, part of something, a, a franchise, a series, a franchise, yeah. if you will, because I think it's solid. But I don't like I don't like backstory movies. Like I love backstory movies, but I'm like, okay, I want to. This is not what I wanted to see. I wanted to right. see more, and like, mm, I have the taste for it. And I'm like, see, to me, <gasps> I'm I'm willing. Most of the time, I'm more interested in movies that have more of a plot mm-hmm. like it's more of a story this to me was a character piece and i thought it was great i think i was and just going into i can't believe i'm saying that about a blockbuster this is like a, <laughs> a blockbuster movie that's supposed to be like eat your popcorn mm-hmm. like watch this mindless crap like jurassic world that crappy oh, God, terrible movie awful. this was a character piece hidden in a blockbuster maybe that's why i'm having such a hard time with it because i i was expecting it to be something different and it wasn't that and it wasn't what i was thinking going into it and so when that didn't happen and i was sitting there waiting for it to happen i was like well i don't know if i like this yeah but now i'm thinking about it and it's it's a movie i mean it's definitely a movie i would probably give it a c i'd give it a b plus i'd give it i'd give the last 20 minutes of it like an a minus yeah me too like to an a like i really like the last the last part and I, they had all the little quirky quippy dialogue and stuff oh yeah and having amy joe johnson and uh and, jason uh, David, frank David, David, yeah, jason, jason david, david frank, frank having them show mm-hmm. up just as like a nothing mm-hmm. cameo i like yeah. i nearly squeed i was yeah. like i'm like a teenage girl yeah like, i met him oh yeah yeah couple years ago can i meet him yeah he was super cool it's like super cool like this is like total side note but it's super cool to be able to tell someone that you idolized as a child yeah like, hey your show and you are the reason that i did martial arts yeah and like the reason that i am the person i am because i did that thing because of power rangers yeah. like it was just really cool to be able to like say that <laughs> to him to his face which i'm sure he hears all the time i'm sure he does but it doesn't matter it was just <laughs> Just one of those things that I know that I was able to say to that person. Yeah. Well, you don't he, get that opportunity. He was in often. almost every incarnation of Power Rangers, <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. he's he hears it from people from every yeah. generation at this point. Oh yeah, and he's all over social media too, and he posts every day and does oh, yeah. live videos and stuff. So he's everywhere. But yeah, wow, this has been all really. We've been talking for an hour. This is cool. Only an hour. Only an hour and two minutes, three minutes. So three minutes and three seconds. Now that we've talked about Power Rangers and Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. I want to bring <gasps> I want to bring this conversation oh. somewhere a little more high level. Ooh, high level. Like like overarching. Right. Now, mm-hmm. in the past three or four years, maybe five years, they've been remaking 
and rebooting a lot of movies that we grew up with mm-hmm. or, or properties that we grew up yeah. with. Power Rangers, Beauty and the Beast. Those are two that we um, talked about. Um, Ninja, Turtles, Ninja Turtles, Transformers. That's going out a little I would even dare further. say something like Star Wars. Even Star know? Wars. So in this world of reboots and remakes, how do you feel that nostalgia influences your opinion mm. on the movie's that you are you know more attached to the franchise is like beauty and the beast is your favorite movie Mm -hmm. and you liked that movie Mm -hmm. how do you feel that nostalgia uh, informs our decisions here i think it makes it i think it's really hard to separate those nostalgia feelings from something new like and i hate when those people like this ruined my childhood but like that's like these movies are our favorite movies and favorite franchises for a reason. They yep. had some sort of impact. Like, I mean, how many movies did you watch as a kid and you were in, you know, you don't think about them. I think about, I, I have a collection of beauty and the beast things. So this movie has had some sort of impact on my life. So it's yep. really hard to, to accept something. I mean, I'm looking at my kitchen. I have beauty and the beast figures. Over. It's <laughs> really hard to accept change. And I think as people, it's hard to accept that. So it's really hard when they, when, you feel like I, for me, for Beauty and the Beast, I feel like I felt powerless. I was like, here's this thing that I have no control over and they're just going to do it. And I can't control what they do with it. And it's, it's weird. Do you think that's why you had such low expectations for it going in because of how attached you were to the original property? 100%. But then I also think that's why the things that I loved about it and the things that were different, I think that were really emotional Yeah, because because I was so attached to it and like, I'm like, I'm in, I'm sold. You sold me. You know, those things that I thought were missing from the original, like the backstory stuff. I'm like, Oh, this makes it so much better as an adult. I agree. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird. I I think that's part of the reason I loved Power Rangers Mm -hmm. because of the nostalgia that Mm -hmm. it like brought back in me. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that they released this movie made me want to watch the TV show, which made me all nostalgic. And then watching the movie, they had these like little things that kind of referenced the old show where I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe they, they put that in. And it made me so satisfied to have something that's attached to my childhood be current and look good yeah. from a CGI standpoint because mm-hmm. that old that first Power Rangers movie the the CGI is just so up. bad doesn't hold up. I think this one will hold up better. And I think the thing that's different about Power Rangers versus Beauty and the Beast is Beauty and the Beast was other than the stuff they added was a straight up remake. Right. This was Power Rangers was an entire not an entirely different it was more different than it was like the show. Like I it agree. was way different. So you're allowed to have those feelings of being like, oh, I remember watching this and this is... But it's a completely different movie. I, I agree. And I think I think that stems from the the fact that it's a serialized property. Having, mm-hmm. having something... Like when they adapt a TV show mm-hmm. into a movie, like when they did the Jump Street movies. Those, those, those were a little before our time, that show. Yeah, I never watched the show when, or But the when movies. they when they made the Jump Street movies, you know, Jump Street is a property that it was a serialized like weekly TV show. So when you make a movie out of it, you're not doing a straight adaptation. Mm-hmm. So so it's easier to me to fall in love with mm-hmm. something that's rebooting or adapting a serialized um, mm-hmm. thing that you were attached to as a kid as opposed to something that's a remake. And 
that's why I feel like most people are a little more reticent to hear that their favorite movie is going to be remade as opposed to hearing that your favorite TV show is going to be remade. Like having a TV show made into a movie is a there's more leeway there, you know? Yeah. And you can do, you can change that up and, and I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, you can you can adapt you know you can pull from different storylines and pull from different things as opposed to like this is your movie this is your two hour right. script this is all you have and anything you add to this is going to be different right. as opposed to being like here's a hundred episodes of a TV show let's pick these things that were really strong elements yep. and put them in one exactly thing. And, and I feel like that's why um, I loved Power Rangers yeah. and thought Beauty and the Beast was okay like. To me, mm-hmm. I'm too attached to the original Beauty and the Beast, and I'm like, I'll still watch this movie, but my go-to will still be the original animated one because mm-hmm. I have that nostalgic feeling for it, and I just love watching it because of how much I watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe if I wasn't so attached to that movie, I would have liked this new one more. But with Power Rangers, uh, they go together. Like this, that's this, actually a really good way to put it. This, yeah, is just an extension of mm-hmm. that as opposed to trying to replace it. Yeah, and and I think the Power Rangers movie works better as an adult. Yes, like because of what they did with it, they made it darker. They made it, you know, they added things like plot. When you're ten, you don't care about plot. You're oh, like yeah. just whatever. So adding those things enhances that yeah. nostalgia stuff because now you're it's appealing to you as an adult, as a seasoned moviegoer, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to remaking an animated movie. You're like, well, okay, I know the story and that's, you know, it's, it is what it is. And it's, yep. it doesn't, the only thing it adds to me as an adult is like, oh my God, here are these things that are, I put this in quotations, real because, you know, CGI and stuff. And some of it's real, yeah. but it's like, here's this thing that's now real and I can see it. It's not in drawing. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like that's the only reason to remake an animated movie into live action to be like okay Mm -hmm. you've seen it animated now look at how gorgeous beast's castle for example looks when you're inside it like the insides Mm -hmm. of it look so cool and this is real and so that's a reason to adapt something that's animated to now or if you know something leaned heavily on visual effects and the visual effects have come so far like something like something like a the planet of the apes stuff like Mm -hmm. when they decided to make a new spin or prequel series to that like that was because we had an advancement in visual technology and then Mm -hmm. they could make a better version of it okay i'm dying i'm dying to figure out this movie that you wanted to talk about because we we were trying to come up with movies in the last couple weeks like things that Movies, okay, movies that do we like them because they're good movies or are they just nostalgic things? And Alex has this movie, won't <laughs> reveal, and I'm really, really upset. So I'm dying to know what it is. So to, to give the <laughs> listeners a little more backstory, one of the reasons that this topic came up is because of a movie that I hate. And that, I love. That Tiffany loves and most people that I know love. And which is the Goonies. The Goonies. Which, Goonies never say die. Which I didn't see until I was in high school or... Yeah, in high school, I no. think. No. Yeah. Really? I, I saw... So I rewatched it. So I hated it uh, when I saw it in high school. And then okay. I rewatched it a couple years ago. Maybe a year or that's two ago. That's what I thought. That was, I, that's, I thought that was your first no, viewing. No, that was my second oh, viewing because oh. one of my friends told me 
Like it's her favorite movie and that I should see it. She listens to the podcast. So, so I rewatched it and it was still as bad as I remember. So that to me is a movie that people mostly love because they saw it when it was, they were a kid and have nostalgic feelings for, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying people shouldn't like it because of that feeling it gives them because I still watch the original Power Rangers movie, which is a terrible movie. But I have like nostalgic feelings for. So I challenged you to think of a movie that you have similar feelings for where you think it's a bad movie, but you have nostalgic feelings for it. So you like watching it. So my movie for that is Hook. You know, and this is weird. I've actually, I've only seen Hook a couple of times and it was in high school and I loved it. It's a terrible movie. I don't think it's a terrible it is, movie, It is though. a very bad movie. I, th- I, I think don't think it, it's as terrible. I think it's Goonies level. I think it's Goonies level terrible, which is bad. Which is not bad it's at bad. all. No, no, see? See, that one's tough because I really haven't seen it and I didn't watch it as a kid, so I don't have I, nostalgic feelings. I watched it a lot as a kid and I loved it and mm-hmm. I've watched it. Like, I never stopped watching it. <laughs> I watch it like every year or two and it's not a good movie. It's just not a good movie. Dwight made me watch that movie. It's just... I, I can see it 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 does have those Goonie esque themes where it's yeah. just kind of crap adventurey <laughs> things and it's adventure for the sake of adventure yeah yeah it's like it, like just things happen because Hook is isn't Robin Williams in Hook yes okay I'm just trying he to plays remember. Peter Pan yes this is all coming back to me now and Dustin Hoffman plays Hook and Hook Dustin Hoffman is so bad in that movie. <laughs> I don't really like Dustin so Hoffman in general. bad in that movie. So Hook is my answer. Do you do, Have you thought of the something? Only, the only movie that I can think of that I think is a terrible movie, but I'll still watch it because it's nostalgic, is Space Jam. Space Jam is a great answer. And so many people love Space Jam. Like, so, so Space Jam is obviously, God, it's, I had the toys and, you know, oh, yeah. the, the, the R. Kelly song and all of that stuff. And then we rewatched it maybe maybe three years ago like we bought it on dvd it was yep. like five bucks and as i was rewatching it i'm like i don't remember this movie having no plot <laughs> like it has, I, it has absolutely no plot i don't remember but that movie it, having nothing happen it, it, in it it does and it doesn't but like it's it's so bad it's but terrible. we we love it because of how the the nostalgic feelings that it brings up like yeah. Like when I watch Bill Murray come in yeah. and put on his, you know, tunes. Um, Bill Murray is so great in that movie. Uniform. Oh my God. It's so, it's good. so good. And Larry Bird is in that movie. Oh. Michael Jordan being all sad and like quitting basketball. Like, yeah. just like there's so, there were so many things that happened. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. How did we get from here to here? And what, where, what? And yeah. like nothing happens. I agree. Nothing happens. It's a great movie. And it is an awesome movie. And it should have won Best Picture. <laughs> That's really the only one I can think of that I know is a terrible movie. It's a solid answer. And I really can't think of no other things that I like really loved. And then because like I used to watch Dirty Dancing as a kid all the time. But Dirty, I mean, watch Dirty. It. Dirty Dancing is a great movie. Dirty, yeah, I would say Dirty Dancing is a is a great movie. It's a classic. So it's like that's not yeah, really. I, I don't think there are movies. I, my I, mom I th- let me I, watch that movie. I think there are movies that you watched as a kid that are still good movies. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I watched Spaceballs every, oh, like, almost mm-hmm. every day when I was a kid, and I love that movie. That's a mm-hmm. great movie. 
I will argue to my grave that that's a great movie. You know what else might be up there? And and I haven't rewatched it in a while, but like the the original like live action Ninja Turtle movies, like the first one. Ooh, yeah, those those might be up there. <laughs> those yeah. might. I'll have to rewatch those and report back. I haven't that. rewatched them in a while. But those might be just bad enough that they're not good to. But like, now, I have so many great feelings about those movies. Now, do you think that most of this? Um, hmm. is, is this only applicable to kids' movies? Do you think that you can have nostalgic move, uh, feelings for something that you saw when you were an adult? Like, are there movies Ooh. that we're seeing nowadays that 20 years from now we'll look back and be like, that's a terrible movie, but I watched it when I was in college and Ooh. I'll like never forget it. That's a really interesting question. And I've thought about this stuff and it's really hard. Like what makes a classic a classic? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're talking Beauty and the Beat. I mean, um, Dirty Dancing and that type of stuff. Like, when I'm, I'm trying to think of other movies, like in that, um, that classic realm. Like, who decided that all of a sudden, like Casablanca was a classic? Like, when did what? You know, like is somebody like 20 years from now gonna be like, wow, uh, Boss Baby is like a classic. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> but like, and I don't know if it just has something to do with like nowadays like it's there's just so many movies and you can produce so much faster and so much more content and it's as opposed to like 20 years ago when there wasn't as much i mean there was still a ton of movies but it wasn't as it's weird like i i I, I think you're on to something i think that the the fact that uh, it's so much easier to make a movie Mm -hmm. nowadays than it was even 20 years Mm -hmm. ago but like when you look back 50 years it was so hard to make a movie like yeah so when you're looking at it now we're so oversaturated with mm-hmm. movies that I feel like the movies that we like are because we've seen so many bad movies. Yeah. So now we see these movies, we go, these are great. And then they will hold up when we get into like 20 years from now, we'll see this movie again. And we'll be like, you know what? That that's still a good movie. And I don't know what that might be. Cause like for me, I'm thinking like, I don't think Avengers is like a classic movie, but maybe that will be as opposed to something like, you know, will La La Land be something that people like, you know, 30 years from now will be like, wow, that was a really great movie. Or is it just going to be another movie as opposed to like White Christmas? I love White Christmas and White that's Christmas. a classic. Yep. So why, what makes that different and have a different feeling than something like La La Land? Like why, why are those movies different? And why do I think that White Christmas is a classic and then that La La Land probably will not be? You know, mm. you know, are they going to release like the 50th anniversary of La La Land on DVD or, or XXX triple Z I mean, DVD or whatever it's going to be? It, since it won Best Picture, it, it obviously will have a 50th anniversary release. But, but will it? <laughs> no. You know what I it mean? Won't. Like what, what makes I'm... it, what makes that movie classic worthy quote unquote or or timeless i think the only reason it will be remembered is because it speaks to our time i think it's a it's a good movie that people will remember and Mm -hmm. probably show in like film school because it Mm. talks about the time that it's in and it's very um good about what it says about you know the 2010s this generation really but I'm just trying to think of other movies that I've seen that I'm, you know, feel like, oh man, I really love this movie and I'm going to watch it forever. And I like the only movie I can think of that I'm like, oh man, I love like Garden State. One of Garden State is one of those movies wow. for me. 
that I know it's weird and stupid, but it's like one of my favorite movies. And it's, I don't know why. It's because you get a crush on Zach. I don't. I can speak from experience that he's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Starting a war. But like, that's one of those movies that I like, but I don't know if I'm like, oh, 30 years from now. No, you know what? My favorite movie was Garden State. Like, I don't think that'll come up in conversation. Yeah. You know, like I might see something in passing and go, oh, I remember seeing that movie. It was good. I don't feel strongly about anything I've seen in the last that I can think of. Well, we'll have to revi- revisit this conversation in 20 years. Can we or put this in years. a time capsule? Yeah, let's put it in a time <gasps> capsule. So when I'm dead in 30 years, you can have this conversation with Dwight. Who's Dwight? Your husband. I don't know who that is. Um, he lives in this house. I think he's in the other room. Oh. Is he that guy that did the intro? Yeah, yeah, he did the oh. intro. You made him show up to do the intro <laughs> and then told him to leave. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Any movies that you've seen in the last 10 years that you can think of that are like, yeah, this movie's got staying power? I can't think of anything that was made in the last 10 years that really jumps out to me as something that I will um, like, ha- yeah. like say to people. But that, that's the beauty of it. Like we're living through the, the era. Eventually it'll be a classic. Like I'd love to talk to somebody about you know like one of my parents i'd love to talk to them about what it was like when the godfather came out in theaters because everyone regards that as one of the greatest movies ever made and they lived through its release you yeah, know that's true something like jaws like i love jaws is one of my yeah. favorite movies so but like i can't think of anything even some of the best picture winners in the last like five or ten years they don't jump out to me as like classics like i don't see anyone in 20 years talking about how amazing the artist is i i don't even hear people now still talking about the artist i don't think i've ever seen it like the artist came and went so quickly well that dog that was in it is dead yeah so (laughs) to me i i don't know what makes a modern classic i don't know of anything currently that i like Ooh, here's a movie that maybe i'll look back and have nostalgic feelings for that might not be a great movie, but I think is a great movie now. Pitch Perfect. Ugh. I love that movie. I watch it like every year. Ugh. I can't get enough of it. But I... I dislike that movie in a lot. 20 years, I might look back and be like, that's a bad movie that I still love to watch. I dislike that movie a lot. Wow. And I think only because there are people like you that were like, yeah, I love this movie. It's so great. And everybody loves it. And then, and then Dwight and I watched it and I was like, okay, it was okay. That's fine. That's a conversation we need to have on another podcast (laughs) because when people, we, we shouldn't get into it, but like overhype, I've had that happen to me so many Mm -hmm. times on movies like Donnie Darko and the boondock saints, Mm -hmm. like movies where everyone was like, Oh, it's the greatest movie ever. And I saw it and I'm like, this is terrible you're a terrible person for telling me that this is great and i hate you and go away well that's their nostalgia but yeah maybe it does have something to do with nostalgia but i'm not sure i'm not sure you can feel nostalgic about something that is like five years old i I, yeah that's why i'm saying like pitch perfect came out five years ago i'm saying i i love that movie but maybe in 20 years i'll look back and be like that's not a great movie but i like it you know? Interesting to see. I'm always really curious about that stuff. You know, what what is it going to be like, you know, in, in, in 30 years? And, you know, what 
what are we going to remember, you know, that was... About our generation. Like, yeah, what, what yeah. will be our generation's The Godfather? Yeah. And, and I think... And I don't even think that'll be a thing just because there's so many movies that come out. I, I feel like... I, I, think I feel hard. like it'll still be a thing, but it won't be as universally mm-hmm. agreed upon. Mm-hmm. Like... I feel like there'll be more of a debate. There'll probably be like five or 10 movies from our generation that people will argue is the best. Whereas, yeah. you know, people born in the fifties or sixties will, will mo- almost universally agree that like, you know, Kramer versus Kramer and you know, the Godfather, these are like the best movies. But like, those were the only movies that came out. Yeah. And, like... and that's why yeah. it's the saturation of the market. Yeah. It's interesting. So hmm. yeah, I think that's we're, we're coming up on the end here. I'm sleepy. Yeah, me too. It's been a long, it's long a, emotional day. It has. <laughs> it's been a good day. It's, it's been, been a, a good day. It's been a whirlwind of a day. So, um... Cool. Yeah? Uh, do I have to do the close? Can I bring Dwight back in here? Yeah, do you want to bring Dwight in to do the closing? Yeah. Dwight's playing Destiny, okay. so... Can I bring uh, him back in? Oh, let, let me go. Let okay. me go. That's, that's my f- attempt at Foley. So yeah, we're at the end of our show, and uh, yeah. Twice back. Bye. No, you have to do a sign off. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of No Refunds. It's been my favorite one that I've done so far. Um, I appreciate all of you listening. Uh, we would like to thank HD Media for hosting uh, the web the Web Zone podcast that we do. Uh, we'd like to thank. Um, uh, Kevin uh, McLeod of Incomtech.com for writing these sweet, sweet jams. And I'd like to thank the two of you for carrying me in this one. I, I'm sorry that the points that I added uh, didn't really have much to say. And I am tired. So, um, goodbye. Bye. Bye. I can't do this. This sucks. Uh, um, Can we restart this?